So it's our fourth episode. We're currently doing a health and fitness episode because Brad decided he wanted to lose weight. All right, didn't have to fucking at me. <laughs> um, and he was wondering how to get better in shape. So we invited our friends Carla and Conrad. So Carla, do you want to say what you're up to these days? What and a fun fact about yourself? Yeah, sure. So I'm Carla. Thank you for introducing me. Um, currently, oh, sorry. Um, currently, <laughs> I am at home uh, working as a waitress and um, doing some classes at my local gym. Uh, the waitressing is the more fun part, actually, believe it or not. And a fun fact about myself, goodness, um, I, let's see, I make jam, which is <laughs> probably not that fun, but yeah, it's been pretty good actually over lockdown. Making a, you, make, yeah. you make jam? My family love that. Yeah, jam, because it's like um, berry season at the moment. I can't believe I'm sharing this. Wow, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's my fact. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, so, fair enough. Conrad, what about yourself? So, I'm Conrad. I'm living in London and working as a quantity surveyor. Um, but obviously, kind of working from home for the last five months now. Um, and then my interesting fact is I've got two toes going together. And on those two toes, I've got a dotted line and scissor tattoo to make it look like I should have had it cut. It's fucking disgusting. I've seen it. It's, <laughs> it's, it's properly grim. It is my best. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so we both invited you along um, because we know that you're both very into your health and fitness. Thanks, Brad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I didn't actually want Conrad, but the, no, my friend no, Hannah, no, who's no, a no. fitness influencer, was scared to come on. So Conrad was second choice not to be his ego. Thanks, man. So, right. we're, so we're throwing her under the, under the bus, are we? Yeah, pr- pretty much. <laughs> I wasn't even wondering. Fair, <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> um, but yeah, so <clears throat> my first question is, what does like your health and fitness mean to you? Not a lot. Brad Brad says this since he's just hanging completely. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm not in a place to talk about health nor fitness. <laughs> uh, so Carl, do you want to start? Yeah, sure. Um, I'd say like when I'm looking after my health and fitness, it gives me like the energy to kind of go and do the things I need to do in my life. Um, like when I get a good night's sleep, I feel on top of my game and I can go out and see friends and just, you know, have a good chat and have a good time and not be falling asleep at the table. Whereas when I'm not looking after myself, not exercising, not eating well, I just feel a bit shit and probably act a bit shit as well. Yeah, I can, I can second that. <laughs> 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 Conrad, how about yourself? Yeah, so for me, it's kind of like my my mental release. It, it's a tough period where I can actually just get on with the gym, not think about anything else, don't have to talk to anyone, don't have to do anything. It's just like a break from like the real life for a little bit, which is it's quite yeah, nice. Yeah. You see, I get up in the morning, do gym, and then start the day. It's kind of like a a good way to start my mindset for the day. Yeah. That gives you a personality as well, I suppose. Oh, it is my major personality. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, fair enough. Oh, no, Brad, what you were going to say? Yeah, something. I was going to say, um, so like, what kind of got you started? I mean, I mean, I've never really had that moment, but uh, as in, like, is there like a moment where you sat there and you're like, you know, I really want to go to the gym for X, Y reason, or was it just kind of like always been like active or whatever? 
Oh, I mean, for me, I went to a sports school, and um, because of that, I did gym. I did like sports three, four times a week for at least an hour and a half. So I was always like kind of sporty. Mm. And then when I got to uni, I was like, well, I'm going to put on so much weight if I don't if I don't keep working out. <laughs> I, I eat so much, and if I don't actually work out with it, I just become fat instantly. So I was like, right, well, it's got to continue. <laughs> Oh, fair. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Seems like a good, good reason. <laughs> Logic. Uh, Carla? Um, yeah, for me, it definitely started out as a physique thing. Um, I used to just be a runner and always run. And I think that running is like really, really good for your health. But, um, mm. you know, you don't get booty gains by just running. So <laughs> I think there's a lot of like social pressure on Instagram and all that kind of stuff for girls to have a certain physique and I don't necessarily think it's healthy um, but that's what introduced okay. me to the gym and then I think the more that I learned about not just the surface level aesthetics but kind of actually how good it felt being in a routine how good it felt to be strong and learning about the other parts of health and fitness like the importance of like eating seasonally and um getting a good night's sleep and not being stressed like all these other parts came into it and actually the physique part like it's just a small, small percentage in the grand scheme of things these days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The question for you is, um, so I've tried to start running and I, I've never been a runner. I can play sport, but I can't run for long enough to make it a running a thing. So I've been trying now and I actually don't understand how people can run as a sport because I do, I've done 5K now and that's that's really good for me. But people wow. are like, oh yeah, people are 10K today and it kills me. Well, if you don't enjoy it, I would say don't do it. Like, if you're not enjoying it, you're probably not enjoying it. my philosophy as well. <laughs> I try something like sprints or like hill runs or just something, because I feel like you sound like someone who prefers high intensity stuff. So I would just go for a hill run or something like that. Cool. That's the one I need to hear. I didn't want to watch Guests kicking off. Yes. That's what we want. <laughs> we want content. <laughs> I mean,. Actually, now I'm thinking about it. Like, so I mean, Conrad, you'll probably know this. I mean, I've had stints of like attempting to go to the gym, yeah. and like, you know, to not the most successful. But how would you kind of stick it? Because like, I can sit there and I can do it for like two, three weeks. Of, like, yeah, let's go to the gym. Let's go. Like, you know, pump some iron, and like, you know, I quickly deadlift like 130 like yeah, kg, yeah, yeah. and then like when I'm doing that, it's fine. You're flexing, yeah, Brad. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> but it's like, how do I, like, how would you? I mean. I sit there and I'm like, I just can't be asked. I'm like a lot of the time. So it's just like, how do you, how do, you do the routine of this? Like, So I would probably say it starts off, you need to get yourself into a system, like have a routine or have like someone that you go with or, or just making it like a mm. thing. You need to take the decision yeah. making out of it. If there's a decision, can I, should I go to the gym or should I not go to the gym? You know, there's effort that has to go into that decision of, okay, right, I'm gonna make myself go to the gym. When it becomes not a decision, when it becomes part of your routine, when it becomes every day at 7pm or whatever, I go to the gym, that kind of, that's the start. And then I think the second part of that, because you're not always going to be able to stick to your gym, the second part of that, this sounds so cliche, is having like a reason why you go, you know, like just going like to improve your physique actually is not really enough to keep that up, that commitment up for, you know, years and years or whatever. Yeah. Maybe it's, it makes you feel good. Maybe you want to like um, be able to be fit and healthy so you can like, I don't know, hike or whatever you enjoy doing. And that's a reason enough to motivate you to do it, if that makes sense. So I guess there's two parts. One, have a system. And two, like have a reason why you're going or know why you're going. Yeah. 
Conrad, what's your uh, motivation? I mean, if I'm honest, as I've said already, <laughs> do sport or be fat. And there's no in between. Like, I've realised over the years, because I've done it, I've done sport for so long now, I eat so much and I can't get out of the routine of eating. So yeah. if I have like mm. two, three weeks of no like sport at all, I I just feel so shit in my body and I just feel so like done in. And I, I'm yeah. not too either. Like, Brad, you've got a bit more height on you so you can cover it easier, but I'm smaller. Well, you cover so what? I do have just sits like, and I look small and chunky. So I just have to work out, otherwise I, I get stuck with that. Alright, yeah. <clears throat> um so Carla, you talked about uh, your diet in a um well, just a little bit earlier. Do you wanna go more in depth with that? Sure. Uh like what the kind of things I eat or Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um so I guess um I what I learned quite early on is that it's not just about calories in, calories out. It's about the quality of the food that you're putting into your body. So I used to have a lot of skin problems, um, like quite like mild acne, but like, I mean, any acne is enough to really make you feel self-conscious. Um, and what I realized was like the food that I was eating was quite processed, you know, um, it, there was a lot of things in there, which you know, humans are not really naturally designed to have all these like E numbers and additives and like shit basically. So I try and eat now food which kind of doesn't, it, you, you know when you buy the food, you're just buying the food, like you're just buying the potato, you're just buying the fish, or you're just buying the eggs, like it's not like all processed. Um, and then I cook a lot at home. Um, but I do okay. think it's important to like be flexible because I've definitely been through periods where um, like I've been more strict and tried to just eat like healthily whole food. But I actually think that, that does take a toll on like your social life because you know you can't, be so flexible when you're out with friends and I actually think that if you enjoy your food that's just that's healthy too does that make sense like you should yeah. enjoy your yeah. food yeah yeah plus be substance you know just like stuff that you put in your body to yeah. make gains like it also needs to be enjoyable otherwise what's the point I suppose mm. like kind of I think you slightly alluded to it anyway but um in terms of like saying about processed food it's like in my eyes it's just easier though like in mm. terms of time spent like if i wanted to i mean i've like potato waffles chicken nuggets and some beans nutrition oh, you were 12 year old all right it's not the most nutritionally <laughs> sound meal but i've had it a couple of times of late just because it's like it's just easy i sit there yeah. and i'm like you quickly turn the oven in i think so two things you can get ready meals which are a little bit more you know nutritionally bulked out like <laughs> i know yeah they are getting better with those kind of things but they do tend to be more expensive um I yeah mean, you can like prep things like when you're making a bolognese or whatever and just stick some in the freezer and so you know when you're having a lazy day you've got the bolognese and the pasta already there that you can just put in the microwave and you've made it that is more effort yeah. so i mean it, it depends how much you're going to prioritize your food i think once or twice having processed food whatever is fine it's just when it becomes a habit that it's like probably not so right. good yeah okay i'm eating an apple now so like i'm pretty i'm pretty happy oh, nice. <laughs> fit, fitness is your passion brad <laughs> i am very fit and healthy <laughs> <laughs> fair yes uh, so, 
I have a few statistics up. Look at me doing work for this podcast. Um, <laughs> so this was from this is from the NH- NHS, um, 2018 to 2019, mm-hmm. and they were looking at obesity and physical activity in England. And it said that 20% of Year Six children were classified as obese. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> in the grand scheme of things, uh, I, I don't know how many year sixes there are in in the UK, but twenty percent is it's not you know it, it that's just obese it, and they qualify obese and overweight as two different things. All right, but that, yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> but this this statistic says specifically twenty percent. Um, so I was wondering, do you think there needs to be a change in, like, the curriculum to involve more nutritional, like, guidance, or...? I think it's a difference between the two, like, obviously you need to be taught earlier of nutritional guidance, but I think the real change is going to come when we have, like, government subsidies towards healthier eating. Yeah. Things like, like, literally as just discussed, it's so easy to get cheap, like, one pound box of nuggets or waffles or anything like that half Food. price between monday and wednesday yeah, it's so cheap to do that <laughs> Whereas if the government actually can like help fund people like healthy eating that's one way that people can actually like get better out of it yeah, mm-hmm. yeah i agree with that um, i think like it's it seems really strange that the government's like subsidizing companies like mcdonald's yet they're kind of pushing all the healthy eating stuff i would also say that like i studied psychology and one of my modules was all around developmental psychology in kids and like a lot of the eating habits that kids develop like between the age of like zero and six is, is stuff that's going to carry on with them into their adult life and so i'd say that it's just as important to teach the parents good eating habits because they're the ones that are passing them on. You know, they're the ones cooking the meals, really. They're the ones setting the example yeah. at home. Yeah, no, you're right. You know, subsidies are super important as well. But I'd say the effect that they have on the parents is what's going to then affect the children, if that makes sense. Yeah, just to kind of almost reiterate what you've just said, um, I remember I used to be a child back in the day. And um, <laughs> there was a kid at my school and he was like very large kid and that lot and it was just a case of like you wondered like, he was like exceptionally big like I mean huge and um, it's like his mum every time he'd like you know you get picked up like in like primary school and that lot and his mum would greet him with like two chocolate bars and like a bottle of coke as soon as he got out of school at like three o'clock and I was like you can teach the kid at that age as much as you want about you know apples are good hence I'm eating one now but like I don't think things will change until it's like it's parental things. Like yeah, I think there's a statistic about like kids that are, that grow up overweight, like are obviously more likely to remain overweight as an adult and stuff like that. It's like kind of like systematically, it's yeah. the issue. Like mm-hmm. you said, you reminded me of something as well. Um, like sometimes parents give kids, you know, if they're upset, they give them food, you know, to like make them happy again, you know, yeah. have a coffee or whatever, don't be sad. But like, I think a lot of people these days have an issue with like, um, like emotional eating as well. So, you know, when you're upset, what do you do? Grab a tub of Ben and Jerry's, like we've all done it. Um, yeah. And I think there's that association. Oh, I did like... <laughs> it last night. <laughs> exactly, association with like, you know, um, bad feeling and food as a comfort which um yeah. parents don't realize I mean, it, it, it does help it does help <laughs> that's why we do it 
It's probably not the best way of like coping with like, shit things, bad feelings, yeah. Cool. I imagine like if, if you are a child and that's kind of always been your go-to, mm. like, oh, I, I'm playing up or whatever and parents just like, it's that kind of like, just give him what he wants. Yeah. Or give her or whatever, like they, they kind of feed into it. Pardon the pun. Um <laughs> but it's like I think yeah, you do then kind of associate food with feeling better. Yeah. And if you are going through like a shit time like lockdown and stuff like that have been awful for some people. Mm-hmm. It must just mm. be so easy just to be like, Well, I'm gonna or- I'm gonna order food again and all that like it's just quite Yeah. It's easily done. When you're bored as well, I think definitely guilty of this yeah, during that period it's just when you've got nothing when you're very very bored you're revising just walking to the fridge getting up mm. you know not even not even hungry so. you don't want to make effort to make a full meal or something healthy not even like something healthy but just a full meal requires so much mm. more effort when you're already just fed up of doing other things and it's just yeah. so much easier to mm. go like oh let's have a pack of the crisps or let's have a chocolate bar or anything like that just anything out of the freezer you can just work out quickly and not do anything with I mean as yeah, I think I remember. Well, I mean, Conrad were both in the same hall at um, like at uni and freshers, and it was like I remember being there, and it was like you know you'd finish lectures at say like four or five o'clock if you went to them, especially in freshers week, and it would be like oh you got you like you start praying at like half six, yeah. you just didn't have time to eat. Oh. Like, I lost I lost a lot of weight in like the first two three weeks of uni. I mean, not in a healthy way. It was simply it was just like. <laughs> Like, oh, if I could spend money on food, but that's like that's like alcohol money. That's so like, <laughs> it's basically what it was, it was for me. It was like, and there was there was just no time. There was, there was so much on. I was always busy. So I was like, I wonder how much my eating could be kind of attributed to just being bored and being, well, something to do, I suppose. Yeah. <clears throat> Bulking and cutting. <laughs> what are they, and why you sh- why should you do them? Or shouldn't? Or shouldn't. why you shouldn't? There we go. All right, you go first. I mean, right. So, bulking. Should we go with what are they first? Yeah, yeah. So, and then <laughs> taking a surplus of calories per day, so that even with exercise, you're gaining mass every day, or like overall per month, you'll be gaining mass. And then cutting is obviously doing the opposite, where you're having a deficit of calories or you're at least burning more calories than you're eating so that your body fat goes down and you lose body mass with it. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's the very much like stereotypical gym guy thing to do. I, I don't know, if I'm honest, but I, it doesn't seem to be a big thing that women do as much as men. Mm. Yeah. I'll, yeah, I'll agree with, yeah, the only time that I've heard those terms are from my, like, guy friends, rather than, you know, any girls. Yeah, I, I know a few pe- few girls that do actually do bulking cutting, because, I, I so I get involved in more powerlifting sort of things, and I know people in the powerlifting scene, you need more mass to gain more strength, so I know women who do bulk to gain their strength with it, but traditionally, yeah, it is the, like, the type of jock style thing to do with bulking and cutting, is what you hear them say. Mm-hmm. I mean, my housemate used to be um, like athletics union rower, and she used to have like four or five Weetabixes for breakfast. So that was like, is that bulking, or is that just like <laughs> I mean, Weetabix issue? <laughs> 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 
give you good energy today. Yeah. I've seen the TV adverts. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, is, is it like, can you just like, I mean, if, if, it, if what I think I'm about to ask is correct, I might have to hit it up. But like, can you just like, eat shit? I mean, like, two different types of bulking. You've got a clean bulk and just a, a proper bulk. So a clean bulk is, is eating good, clean food. So like actual carbs, you're eating like the um, eating like rice, potatoes, getting like carbs in that are good for you. And then you've got like, a, I think it's called a dirty bulk, which is basically, yeah, it's, it's basically people like actual rugby players when you're trying to get a lot of mass in quickly to build up your strength very quickly. It doesn't really matter what you eat because whatever you're eating more of, you're just adding more mass to whatever you're doing to. Right. Yeah, it's easy to say, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, I'll do a dirty bowl, be good. But like, if you're not actually working out with it, you're just gonna get fat. That that is it. Ah. <laughs> Brad, Brad, oh, my plans have been foiled. <laughs> I'll probably put something out there but, as well, which is like maybe a bit niche from a girl's perspective. But I would say that, like, so I used to do weightlifting in first year, and I struggled to put to like make the gains that I should have been making um and put on the muscles I should be making and I definitely think that there is girls find it difficult like the concept of eating more because there is this fear of oh if I eat more I'm gonna get fat and I definitely think that especially in the fitness space there's a stigma around you know eating too eating a lot as a girl getting fat or whatever that kind of thing like it, it can feel number one it's sometimes difficult to get that amount of calories down you but secondly yeah, yeah there's definitely a phobia of of being fat i would say a fear of being fat a lot of yeah like, that's stigma around it sorry kind of, sorry there's definitely that stigma around it where yeah. a girl putting on weight for the sake of like actually making gains isn't like what's socially done mm. but you like you really need to like if you're gonna put on muscle mass you need to be eating more yeah. and um, you, no matter how much you train, in fact, you can probably burn yourself out if you're training too much and not eating enough. But yeah, you just got to eat the calories if you want to yeah, make it. Yeah, I mean, I don't really know too many people. I mean, I do know people that go to the gym, but I'm not kind of in that scene. It's like we don't chat about going to the gym or anything like that. But from your perspective, you kind of think, obviously, like you've got the, the people who don't really do anything and play RuneScape and Warzone every day. I don't know who... What losers? Yeah, <laughs> imagine <laughs> that, you're right. And then, but like, do you have like the flip side, like people who become like gym obsessed, like to the point where it's like just damaging to them? Yeah. Have you met people like that then or...? I mean, from my experience, it is so easy to become... First of all, like, there's the idea of becoming self-obsessed where you can't ever reach your goals. Like, you're, it's, it's, I think... Mm. It's linked with body dysmorphia, where you never you look at yourself in the mirror and you don't see what other people see. So, for example, like you look at yourself and you go to other people, you're, you look in good physical shape. You're going, oh, my shoulders look small. Oh, I think I need to lose weight here. I need to lose weight here. I'm a bit fat here. Whereas in reality, you're not, and it's like a a continuous cycle where you're always striving for better, even though you're never going to get it. Yeah. But in in like even a minor sense, there's definitely like the flip side of what you said, like people and communities that support each other and only talk about fitness and that's what their passion is and you, you have that for any sort of thing in life really yeah like, crossfit is known for it's like community aspect where everyone loves loves getting involved and helping each other and doing stuff like that but you'll get it in any sort of sport really okay that's fair enough 
what about yourself, Carla? Have you, I mean, coming from like a female perspective of it, yeah. have you ever kind of seen that side of it? Um, well, I think the the great thing, like like Conrad said, there's always a good and a bad side of everything. Like the great thing about gym is that you know you feel good afterwards, like it's an endorphin release. I think maybe the like shadow side of it can be when that you become reliant on that to make you feel good, and because there's going right. to be you know maybe you're on holiday or you're traveling or you're working and you're not going to be able to get to the gym. Like it's important that you can still cope and find other ways to cope rather than um, rather than just relying on that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely I think it can be, you know, and I think gym can be addictive. Um, I would say I'd put that out there that it can be addictive. And I'd definitely say there have been times in the past when I've been like addicted. <laughs> I mean, there's worse things you can be addicted to, but it's, it's and any addiction is probably not fantastic. Mm. I mean, mm-hmm. I've, I've always found the uh, going to the gym, I mean, I've, I'm not. I mean, Conrad, you see me on a night out and stuff like that. I'm not exactly like worried about like taking my top off or anything like that. Yeah, we in love terms it. Of, like, oh, what, what am I worried? Like, I mean, I've not got the best rig going, but you know, I back myself a little bit. But in terms of like going to the gym, oh, I, I'm fucking petrified. Like, I sit there and I'm like, I, I, I don't get self conscious apart from when I go into the gym because it's like, it's like there's numbers on everything. It's like, like oh, we go for barber. It's like, I'm having to go like right to the first like little rack to like pick some up and then like there's people who are like half my height who are like lifting like triple the amount and I'm like, <laughs> yeah, like that's, that's me every day even though I've done gym for years now I still will go to the gym and there'll be days where I'll see someone lifting next to me and I'll be like self-conscious in the fact that I'm lifting small and or smaller than they are and yeah. it is so easy to put yourself in like a negative headspace when seeing other people train around you but I think you've always got to focus on the fact that every person has a different journey. There's always so many different elements that come at play. Like you said, you love going on a night out. You drink quite a lot more than most people who are like obsessed with the gym will do. Thank you. And then that's what I like to think to myself. Whenever I see something that someone's invested in me at the same sort of like level as me, I'm like, yeah, well, I have a social life. I go out more. I don't eat as well as I could do. Mm. And you've just got to like be honest with yourself that you're not always going to be stronger than the person next to you. you yeah. can all, there will be times when you're going to be lifting hips, smaller weights or you can't run as long as they can or stuff like mm. that. And that is just life. Yeah. I think it was oh, a case of being at Loughborough. Sorry. I was going to say on those lines, I was having the same conversation with one of my friends yesterday who's a big boy and he was saying the same thing. Like he feels, so I kind of, he feels self-conscious when he goes into the gym. I kind of think mm. everyone really does. Yeah. I think Loughborough doesn't help that. Yeah. In terms of, like, you rock up to like, a normal gym and there's people and you're like, what the fuck? Like, it, it's just like, it, it's it's a different level. Yeah. I mean, going, like, power-based perhaps, you know, like, that was what I did the first year and I felt so... It was exciting, but it was so intimidating. There was people, like, good three, four years older than me yeah. who were... Some of them are professional athletes and I'm sitting there as, like, an amateur in the gym world and it is just intimidating sometimes. Yeah. Mm. No, it's a, it's a weird place to be in. For me, at least. I think a good thing to do is keep track of your own numbers because it's it. You can almost mm. like make yourself feel good when you look back three months and see what you were lifting then and see what you're lifting now. Because like that's the yeah. best way to compare your progress. Mm. No, you're right. Yeah. And as someone starting off, Jim Brad, like like you said before, you did it for a few weeks and kind of just gave up and pissed off. To yeah. see actually your progress in the first like 
year, definitely, you're going to see so much more progress than you expect because after you actually get like, into the gym, you're doing things properly, you may not see big weight changes over like a six month period. Yeah. In the first actual like year, you'll see so much change in your body shape, in what you can lift, what you can do. It does help you a lot more when you know that you've made some progress. I might sign up for the gym. <laughs> <laughs> Don't have any student discount anymore, Brad. You've there graduated. Is, there's one where I'm living, and it's like 50. It's literally called the gym, and it's like 15 quid a month. And I sat there, and I was like, "That's cheap, man. That's really cheap. Cheap, yeah. cheaper than life. <laughs> me with my like, uh, like return, returning like discount. Yes, let's go. <laughs> no, it's right. that's the thing. Is also like how expensive. I mean, this might sound like a really stupid question, but. Obviously, like the gym can be, it's not over. I mean, it can be quite expensive. Some place like 30, 40 quid. But, like, mm-hmm. the stuff outside of it, like, I mean, I remember, like, I lived with a guy called Matt. I mean, you, you'd know him, uh, Conrad. And he was probably, yeah, yeah, probably heavy into it all. Yeah. And it was like, how much money do people, like, spend on kind of, like, the protein powders, like, the pre workouts, like, all that? Like, there was, like, weird things they were taking before the gym. I don't think that they weren't steroids or anything like that. They were just, like, some like it was like everything was like um they all looked like i can't remember the website they used but it was all like in like little packs of like protein powder like smaller ones like bc double a's or something B- like that BCAs, yeah yeah and it was all that and I was like, chain amino acids i was yeah. like what, what f- i just thought you like lifted stuff and then that was it i mean my, my perspective is sorry carla you go ahead first you no go on you go <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. I guess I'm cutting out another bit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So from my perspective, like there is so many things you can take with the gym, so many supplements, and yeah, you can spend a lot of money on it. Um, but you can also you don't have to at all. I mean, you can get protein for very cheap. I've got like a five kg bucket, and it was twenty five quid, and right. that would probably last me a year. And I, I mm. put it with my protein shake, and it's yeah, I could get a high quality one that has low calories in it and makes more high protein and stuff like that but you also can just go very basic for what you need and then I think it's the same with any sort of sport really or any sort of like hobby you get into the more you're into it the more you kind of want to spend money to like support your interest so like for as you're talking about Matt um, your friend once he's getting into a gym more heavily and he wants to like progress in it he'll go oh cool I want to make sure that my diet's perfect I want to be taking these supplements I want to get this pre-workout that gets me really buzzed before I go in there's so much further you can go into it but you also don't have to as like an everyday gym goer okay I suppose like if you started playing tennis or whatever which uh, I did over lockdown like you wouldn't just like buy like a 400 pound racket to start off with no yeah yeah okay yeah that 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 yeah that's actually a very good uh, analogy right yeah 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 (laughs) It's like if I wanted to get better at swimming, I mean, I'm not going to shave all my hair off my body. Like, it's such a minimal but, improvement for like where I'm but, at. Where but I'm you at. should. I've done it before. Don't, don't try it. I'll fucking do it again. <laughs> uh, I was going to um, also say what you said about starting simple, like not overcomplicating things. And I was just going to uh, mention creatine. 
as a cheap supplement, which um, actually I think I'm pretty sure creatine is the most well-researched supplement in terms of its efficacy. So what it does yeah, is draw water into the muscles and basically it means you can kind of train harder. It gives you energy. Um, I think that's right. Is, that's right, isn't it? Yeah. That is everything. Like, let's say creatine is the number one most researched drug yeah. for use and it's not that expensive. No, I've got it. I think I've got it for like five pounds off my protein and I bought it like a year ago and it's still going now like you only need maybe three grams at a time um but like it's the only thing that I've ever used which I've found to be super super effective and for the price like if you really felt like you wanted to get something I would have a little look into creatine um because it's like a really cheap and easy thing to add into your program and I do think it makes a difference to your energy levels um in the gym which is always a good thing okay <laughs> reading into creatine now mm-hmm. it's likely <laughs> safe apparently according to a webmedical.com it's got a nice acidity to it as well mm. nice pk value mm. look at me using my degree i feel like a doctor uh, <laughs> but my i also had a article saying so the amount of weight that you actually put on in the gym it's it has an upper limit so the weight is essentially like it's 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 completely irrelevant as long as you're doing the right movement essentially mm-hmm. so do do you think that people who so for example uh, let's say i was at the gym and i've i've, I've lifted whatever and I've, I've just said oh this is too easy for me so i put more weight on do you think I should put more weight on, or should I just do more reps? Depends what your goals are, I would say. Um, if you want to get stronger, you want to want progressive overload, which is putting. Well, you can do it in both ways, actually. Um, I would say that lifting heavy weights and lower reps is going to build your strength and power. And if you're going for the higher reps, then you're more looking at hypertrophy, so building bigger muscles. That's what bodybuilders do. Okay. What do you do, Conrad? Mix the two. Yeah. I mean, with like powerlifting, I do a lot more like low reps, high high weight. But I work up to it. But what I always talk to anyone about when they're asking me about how to start in the gym is I say whatever exercise you're doing, do three or four sets, do ten to twelve of a lower weight to make sure you're comfortable with it, to make sure you're like actually working muscles, finger squeeze, like getting to the end of your workout, being like, yeah, I'm a bit tired of that. And then if you want to start building up to like heavy weights and doing less reps, you can do, but I wouldn't ever start being like, oh yeah, I can do this weight, so I'm gonna do four reps of that because that's about how much I can do at maximum. You wanna kind of just get to the point where you know where your maximums are and you know that you can do a good 10 reps of a lower weight happily before you're moving up to a different weight. Right, okay. Mm-hmm. No, that makes sense. Oh, yeah. I, had, I had a question. I was gonna... Um, in terms of like, I don't know if either of you two have been back to the gym like post like well since lockdown or anything. But if you have, like, has it changed massively since you were there or last, or is it kind of more of the same? 
it's quieter actually like i thought people would be dying to get back but there's barely anyone in there um they're restricting the numbers in the gyms as well and like everything's being sanitized mm. um but to be honest like everything i'm doing in there is the same it's just like every the thing the people around me are different basically less people and um a bit more spaced out okay mm. i mean there's always going to be that like fear that well, yeah like fear that you're going to get like like corona but uh, it'll, it'll, it'll. I assume it'll slowly get you get back to normal normality over time. Mm. Mm-hmm. I mean, the big thing it's like if you have to like wipe down everything you're using as you're doing it. But as I've like discussed with so many people, it kind of should be the norm anyway. If you come off like a cross trainer or a running machine or even just doing like a weight bar, and you've been sweating on it, and then you just leave it for the next person to use, at some point when you're looking at it now, you're like. That probably shouldn't have been the case in the first place. That yeah, yeah, no, you're right. You're right yeah. It was always that case in the first place. There. Mm, yeah, you're completely right. Mm. Uh, yeah. Fair enough. I think. Yeah. I think we can call it there. Yeah. Thank you guys for coming on. Uh, yeah, I've learned something. Mm. Brad has learned something. I'm sure. He even ate an apple during this podcast. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm now setting go. up my uh, my oh, yeah, gym membership. You guys, <laughs> you guys are great <laughs> interviewers. I enjoyed the question. Oh, yeah. look at that! No, yeah, we're improving. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll, I guess what we'll even put a jazzy background behind this podcast as per usual, which Joe will love. And I don't care because I, I edit the I edit the videos. <laughs> but yeah, thank you guys for coming yeah, on. Thank you so much. And, uh, and our listeners will see us in another two weeks for episode five. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs>